ESPN1050.com. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. And she catches it, and that does it. The Maroons celebrate a victory. Not only did they score against Ankeny Centennial, they gave them their second loss of the season. There's our play of the day brought to you by CISN. Soccer continues on CISN TV. Of course, stay track going on this week and look forward as baseball and softball season begin next week. All the coverage all season long, CISN TV, live, local, and free coverage of high school sports here across central Iowa as Dowling Catholic hands Centennial their second loss of the season the highlight there from CISN and uh, our coverage of high school baseball begins on Monday night Monday night up in your neck of the woods the Ankeny Hawks the team that finished second a year ago is Breck gonna play I think so I certainly hope so because that dude bumps it up there in the low 90s he is so entertaining to watch and Plays pretty good center field, too, with that athleticism as a D1 wide receiver, Brody Breck. As Ankeny, Johnston, Urbandale, kind of seemingly every year, those three, mm-hmm. kind of your favorites. We get to see Urbandale, Ankeny. Game one coming up here, 7 o'clock on Monday night. Well, good stuff. We get to see the Cubs and the Cardinals for the first time this year. Uh, as we get to, what, the third week in May, they're finally going to collide. They will do so at Bush Stadium. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com, he joins us uh, as we take a peek at this series. Brian, I was just looking ahead at the end of the season for the Cardinals. This could work both ways. It's, uh, it could work against you if you're trying to hold off the Brewers and the Cubs. But if you're trying to make up ground, you certainly have an opportunity uh, to do just that. Is because one of the final 14 games of the season, you'll see the Brewers... Seven times, I guess the final 13 games of the season, and the Cubs six times, including a homestand at the end of the year, the Brewers for three, and the Cubs for three. How are you, Brian Walton? I'm doing great, and yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting end of the season. The Cardinals finish at home, as you said, and uh, I think this uh, this division could go down to the wire, although right now the Cardinals are certainly playing the most consistent of, of the contenders. You know, Brian, I thought that, uh, look, it's death taxes and the Cardinals in the hunt, and that's the way it is, right? I thought the Brewers were the team to beat, and they still may end up there, but right now it's clearly the Cardinals. What's behind this run that they've been on, Brian, the Cardinals, as they enter the weekend uh, three games in front of the division? If you could pinpoint what one aspect, of what, what's, what's put them in first place? Nolan Arenado. Yeah, pretty I mean, good, isn't he? No, no doubt about it. I mean, he leads the teams in home runs, RBI, batting average, slugging, you know, you name it. I mean, he was the missing ingredient. And, it, you know, it allowed Paul Goldschmidt to become not the focal point, mm-hmm. but, you know, the guy in front of the superstar. And, and, you know, that doesn't even count Arenado's many contributions on defense. I mean, he is as good or better than advertised, you know, after getting to see him play every day now for almost two months. Tyler O'Neill, he's showing some pop out there. He's got eight home runs, second on the team behind Arenado this year. Your thoughts on him as this comes together, and really the outfield as a whole, kind of mixing and matching those pieces out there and trying to find the best mix. You know, Tyler O'Neill is just such an enigma. I mean, he he 
you know, looks like he's going to, you know, do well, and then he hits a bad stretch where he starts fishing at the outside, you know, breaking balls. Uh, now he's injured again. And so, you know, it's just, he got, you know, hurt his finger on bases the other day, so he's on the injured list. But he was starting to come through this year, Trent, you know, offensively, and, you know, they really needed the O'Neills and the Carlsons and the Edmonds, the young guys, to, to step up as, you know, the, the Carpenters and, and all, you know, sort of fade into the sunset. So, you know, we won't see O'Neill at all this weekend. And uh, left field, you know, I guess it's going to be Justin Williams, the left-handed batter, but he just hasn't really done anything. And Carlson has been a steady performer in right, as has been mm-hmm. Harrison Bader in center, who, like O'Neill, has had stepped up his contributions this year offensively. You know, you mentioned Dylan Carlson, and this was a name the Cardinal fans were excited about. They wanted to get him in the lineup. What did he play? About half the game somewhere around there last year, Brian, if memory serves. Uh, but what would you say that so far in his first full go-around in the major league, are they getting what they thought that they would get? I mean, it's awful. It's, it was going to be impossible, in my opinion, for a lot of these guys to live up to the hype that they arrive with. How's Carlson done? Carlson's doing a good job. I think he's you know he's among the names that's being talked about for uh, rookie of the year. And granted, we're only a quarter of the way into the season, but uh, highest highest on base percentage on the team, three seventy nine. I think that's what's impressed me most. Carlson has driven in the key runs. But he's also not been afraid to take a walk rather than, you know, get himself into trouble. And so, you know, he's a guy that's really settled in in that number two spot in the batting order behind Tommy Edmond right in front of the big guns. And, you know, let's face it, you know, if, if you see Goldschmidt and Arenado coming up, you're going to give Dylan Carlson something to hit. And so far, you know, he's, been, he's done a really good job. It's a conversation every single time, Brian. Matt Carpenter. And the numbers, they get worse. He's got one hit. Over the last week, he's got three hits. Over the last two weeks, he is not a major league baseball player. Is there something more than the contract? Is there a clubhouse dynamic here? Because, boy, I, we've seen guys that have struggled. We saw Albert Pujols get cut with money mm-hmm. still left on that deal. Is it just the contract, or is there more to this? I think it's also he's a career cardinal, mm-hmm. uh, left-handed batter. They don't, have much, they don't have much pop from the left side on the bench. You know, Maybe if they went out at the trade deadline and got another left-handed bat, you know, that might make Carpenter expendable. And, you know, they constantly repeat, you know, two years ago he was this and that and the other. But the fact is, Matt Carpenter's 35, and he, you know, he looks like he's done. And, uh, um, but as of right now, at least they're continuing to keep a place for him in the lineup. They decided not to pursue Albert Pujols. And, uh, but, you know, the real question will be, will they be tempted to play Carpenter at second base and move Tommy Edmond into the outfield while O'Neill's hurt? So far, they haven't. They haven't. You know they they haven't taken that temptation, which I'm hoping that's the case, and they really keep Carpenter as a as a pinch hitter. Yeah, because Edmund's been terrific, not only at the plate, but he's been uh, terrific defensively. At least the games I've seen, uh, I've been impressed with him. I've also been impressed with Alex Reyes, who's t- really taken that role uh, of the closer and, and has and has run with it. Uh, it. It looks as though this is where he's going to be. Right, this is the guy going forward in the ninth inning uh, that they're going to turn to. Certainly this year that's the case. And, the, you know, the biggest problem that Alex Reyes has had is walks. And I can't tell you how many times he walks the first batter. And then, of course, he either strikes out the side or gets a double play, and, you know, he gets out of it. Alex Reyes has tremendous stuff uh, for major league quality pitches. He just hasn't figured out, you know, how to get him consistent. And this year is more or less an audition for Reyes, to, who still wants to be in the rotation and will compete next year because, you know, they've got, uh, you know, Wainwright's situation that no, no – guarantee he's going to stay on. Kim's contract is up as well. So, you know, Reyes 
will be the closer this year. Jordan Hicks, who who would normally be the closer, uh, you know, had has having physical problems again. Is on the injury list. We won't see him until the second half of the season. So the bullpen, the back of the bullpen looks really good with Giovanni Gallegos on the right side and Henesis Cabrera on the left side ahead of Reyes right now. So I saw a really interesting note. I thought in the uh, post dispatch this morning about this series and. Though the attendance is raising, going to be between twenty nine and thirty thousand, which is going to be great to see. If it is under thirty thousand, it will be the first time since nineteen ninety six a Cubs Cardinals mm. game at Bush has had under thirty thousand. It's so long ago. Ozzy Smith had three hits in that game. <laughs> wow! Brian Jordan hit his sixteenth home run of the year. <laughs> Just absolutely love the, that little note here. But sounds like St. Louis and the Cardinals attendance is increasing. Not a full boat, but going to be pretty good here over these three days. That's right, and they're looking like looking at middle of June to go full capacity. But I mean, realize they didn't get to play at all at Bush, you know, last year. Right. So because of the weird the weirdness in the schedule, so you know, this is really a good thing for the fans to to be back at least at a little better than half capacity. And you know, it'll be exciting that you know that they'll be able to play in front of real fans as opposed to to piped in noise. And these teams don't really need any motivation anyway because they you know battled for years and years and years these you know these same core players and. uh you know, you just wonder if you know how it's going to play out this weekend. Whether the Cubs pitching will be will be strong enough to take care of of the Cardinals. Interesting. You know, speaking of pitching, Brian, I was watching the Cubs and the Nationals. I don't know Tuesday or whenever Scherzer pitched, and they were talking about the fact that apparently, uh, and you would know as much as they, I would think, that John Mazalak is uh, he wishes he would have got more involved with Scherzer before he signed with the Nats. He's a St. Louis guy, as we know. He's, what did you say, Trent, 36 years old? 36, yep. But he still looks as though there's something left. So two-part question, Brian. If the Nationals continue to struggle the way they are, find themselves toward the bottom of the National League East, and we get to the trade deadline, might the Cardinals be tempted to go after a hometown kid who's clearly still one of the elite pitchers in the National League? And then extending that out, what's the likelihood that they do make a run for him uh, when uh, when he does hit free agency? So Scherzer at the deadline and then going forward, does it make sense for him to come home, a team that he grew up rooting for? Yeah, Bill DeWitt, the owner of the Cardinals, has said, you know, they they made a mistake not pursuing him more aggressively at the time that he was a free agent. Uh, I think the answer to the question will be, we'll get a, the first answer to the question this weekend. And that, what I mean is that two starters, Carlos Martinez and Miles Michaelis, are both coming off the injured list to start against the Cubs. Martinez uh, hurt his ankle uh, about 10 days ago, and Michaelis has not pitched all year. Uh, didn't pitch, you know, so... So, you know, he's coming back from from a, a shoulder injury. And if those two guys can step up and pitch well, the Cardinals rotation should be in okay shape. But if they're still, you know, in this situation where a couple of starters are out and they're trying to fill in guys this summer, then, yeah, I think they go after Scherzer. And the Cardinals have a history of once they bring a guy in, they want to bring him in not as a rental, but they want to keep him around. So, yeah, I think if the Cardinals did get Scherzer this year, they would try to figure out a way to come up with an extension to to have him on the team in 2022 and beyond. Carlos Martinez tonight opposite Hendricks. And uh, Martinez, you mentioned that injury. Did he really sprain his ankle celebrating Flaherty's home run? Yeah, yeah, he slipped on the dugout. He slipped on the, in the steps in the dugout as they were all, you know, high fiving. And uh, you know, if that had been anybody else, nobody would say anything about it. Right. Carlos Martinez has this history of of questionable behavior, both on and off the field, and you just say, "Oh no, here's another one." And the reality is that the three starts that Martinez made before he got hurt, uh, he was lights out. Oh, yeah. He only allowed two runs over his. 
total three starts. But then he tried to pitch with this with this sprained ankle and got blown up, and then they put him on the injured list. So you know, the real question will be: Can Martinez get back to where he was before he got hurt? And I didn't realize this as I'm looking at the schedule kind of quirky. They host the Cubs for three, and then they go to the White Sox to start next week for three. That that's kind of uh, different. Uh, Brian, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bad it's a bad road trip for the Cardinals. Well, a tough road trip in that they book in. You know, they've got the White Sox at the front end and the Dodgers at the yeah. back end. So you know, they're going to play some good teams. No, no doubt about it. Back to uh, Albert Pujols, Brian. From what you've learned. Was there interest there? Did they get close at all? Of course, we know he's with the Dodgers, and he hit a home run last night. Uh, but was 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 there a chance? Was there ever a time that you thought, when he was uh, let go by the Angels, that you thought it was going to happen with him back to the Cardinals? No, no, I didn't. I did not think for a minute. I mean, like we we already talked about, they already have a overpaid veteran sitting on the bench right. as a pinch hitter sure. in Matt Carpenter. And granted, they wouldn't have had to pay Pools much, but you know, he's a guy who has bad feet. I, I was amazed he actually signed with a National League team. But, no, I mean, they talked they talk about it just like every team did. But John Mosellock got asked a question the other day in our in our daily Zoom call, and he, he said, hey, you know, we considered it, but, you know, for the – from the fan, from from the perspective of you know Kim coming home, but he just wasn't a fit on their roster. Since we likely won't have a chance to talk to you before Memorial Day, which is unofficially the first checkpoint, uh, you would have to give. Well, well, I guess I'll well, leave it up to you. What, what would you say as far as the first quarter of the season? Uh, certainly, I at least from my point, I would say exceeded expectations, Brian, or met expectations. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I give him a I give him a B plus. I wouldn't give him an A, but I give him a B plus because. You know they've had they've had their share of injuries as I mentioned and they've been able to to play through it well. They're leading division by three games and and uh, you know they're seem to be positioned well this year. Now as we talked about, we'll have to watch and see if finally the Cardinals make a significant midseason addition because they've stayed away from that in recent years. Boy, Max Scherzer would certainly be that. Yes. That would uh, that would elevate them in a lot of people's mind as a absolute uh, favorite threat. Anyways, and we know the Dodgers are still the Dodgers, but we shall see. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation dot com. Brian, as always, thank you. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Take care. Good to talk to you, Brian Walton, the CardinalNation dot com. If they get Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Wainwright still got something left. So, what's the pitching matchup? You mentioned Martinez Hendricks tonight, mm-hmm. Nicholas Alzale on Saturday, and that game is on Fox at six fifteen, and then Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Davies Wainwright. I go advantage Cardinals pretty big this series. Martinez has been really good against the big three. Hendricks was really good last time, but hadn't been the case right. all year. I take. If Martinez is the guy we saw before the ankle injury, mm-hmm. he's good against Rizzo. He's good against Bryant. Really, Wilson Contreras is the only guy that's been really good against him historically. Michaelis, yeah. don't know. And Alston has been okay. He has. Been. I think he's established himself as a, you know back of the rotation guy. Cards get tonight and Sunday night. Cards get tonight and Sunday. So yeah, Davies hasn't been good. No, he has not. Um, so you think they take two out of three? Two out of three. Yeah, sounds like you're you're preparing for that Claxons promotion. That I am. Up. Now you don't get to play Commissioner Condon. All and right. by the way, that's not part of Claxons. But I can still go to Claxons and get some great yeah, barbecue. And I and I and I recommend that you do, uh, as well as everybody out there. We will give you the keyword. It's time for another thousand dollar home run. Uh, go to kxno.com. Once you get there, a pop up box will appear. And at that time, you enter the keyword sports at kxno.com. That's sports, your chance to win $1,000. I got a home run for you. Let me hear it. It was a good one. Don't play Boston. Mashed to left. Crushed to left.
Get a grand slam for Miguel Sano. That was a good one. That was a good one. And Miguel Sano heating up. Yep. As the Twins approach 20 games under 500. Mm-hmm. They split yesterday. I thought you were going to stick no, the knife no, in my I'm back not, with that. my blow Jays doing what they do and blow games in the ninth. Chance to, quit, to leave that series in first place in the American League East. I know the goal is not to be in front on the 20th of May, right. but it still would have been cool to crack the paper uh-huh. or you know wherever you go online your and app. see your team. Yeah, you see your team leading the division, but... Not to be as they gave up a three spot in the ninth as the Blow Jays live up to their name. Dave Sproul on Iowa State next. We are 25 minutes away from Claxons, Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO and 106- Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now, you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite GR1 for podcasting. Building a better community doesn't happen overnight. It takes hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. It takes a team, and it takes time. That's why for 75 years, We at NCMIC have been here working for you and with you. But this anniversary, we're not just looking back. We're focusing on the future, on building Iowa, on the better days ahead, and on how together we can all start taking the path forward. Are you overdue for your dental appointment? Now is the perfect time to get your dream smile. And Fuller Family Dentistry accepts most insurance plans. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry offers a relaxed family atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Family Dentistry is located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines in Altoona on 8th Street. Come see what the buzz is all about and check them out on Instagram consumers. Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Claxon's Barbecue giveaway in oh, a little bit more than 15 minutes. Detroit Free Press this morning. Source, Iowa State coach Matt Campbell was never offered the Lions head coaching job. But when you read the story, the story, the headline leaves out, no formal offer. offer. Yeah, semantics matter a little bit, at least in those kind of conversations. Indeed. And here's the other thing that matters in the conversation. Do you remember when Dan Campbell, who got the job, what said at his press conference? I told my agent to make sure that they think I'm Matt Campbell. Yes, absolutely. Do you remember that? Yes, So I Dan did. Campbell knew that Matt Campbell was the guy that they wanted. I think that the story's true. I believe Dennis Dodd is right. I'm glad Matt Campbell stayed, but I do believe that the interest was there. I don't know about the money, Mm -hmm. but um, I I don't It's kind of the going rate. I mean, Matt Rule got that kind of money to leave a college job. And the security of a college job, in comparison to the NFL, you're going to have to pay up. Uh, Absolutely. And Dan Campbell, of all people, got six years from the Lions. Great point, yeah. 
Uh, Dave Sproul, KASI, 1430 on the AM dial. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. Dave Sproul, uh, Trenton Ken, good to speak with you again. Um, your, just your thoughts on the story that uh, broke a couple of days ago when Dennis Dodd put that out there that the Lions had offered. Um, although the Lions today said it wasn't a formal offer, whatever that means. Uh, what When you heard that, what did you think, Dave Sproul? Yeah, I, I, I'm not one to question Dennis Dottie. He's a smart guy, and I'm very well connected and, and knows his stuff, so I'm not saying it isn't true necessarily, but it is. It's hard to imagine any coach turning down that kind of money to, to coach in the NFL. But we also know that Matt Campbell is a bit of a different breed of cat yep. where he's not really totally motivated by money, and he really likes the situation at Iowa State. That's not to say he'll never leave. Maybe the right situation will come away, uh, come along at some point, but it's got to be the right situation. I think we know enough about Matt Campbell to know that he wants to go to a place where he knows he can succeed. And the Lions are not exactly the model <laughs> of a successful organization in the NFL. I actually looked this up in the last coach for the Lions to last more than four or five seasons was Wayne Fox. You guys remember Wayne Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. They'd be sitting there, they'd be four and six, and they'd win for their last five and sneak in the back door and get clubbed in the playoffs. Exactly right. So, I mean, $68.5 million is a lot of money for an eight-year deal, but if you don't have any confidence, you're going to last past four. You're not going to see all that money, and you're just going to go back through this cycle again of trying to find another job and uprooting your family and moving somewhere else and all these things that just seem like a terrible pain in the butt. Now, Matt Campbell, if he goes to the NFL and doesn't last for some reason, I'm sure he'd be welcomed back into the college ranks mm. with open arms. But does he think, you know, in his heart, does he really want to go through that whole process? And, you know, maybe that's not, you know, for him, the right thing to do. And apparently the answer was he doesn't because he's still in Ames. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of money. But what's he making, $4 million? That's, yeah. that's a lot of money in Story County as well. I wonder if um, he seems like a loyal guy. Uh, Dave, he does. Um, and I've, you know, I've been fooled by coaches before when I've said that over the years and then they turn around and leave. And, um, you know, what was I thinking type of thing? I should have seen through that. But when he's, Matt Campbell seems like a different bird. Point being, where I'm going is by that time, by the time he allegedly, you know, turned down that money or turned down the opportunity to go to the Lions, some of the super seniors, if you will, were all, all beginning to commit to come back for another year in Ames. I I wonder how much that played into things because he seems like, you know, if these guys are going to do that for his program, he's going to be loyal to those guys who will commit to do that for them. Yeah, for a guy who talks about, you know, uh, trusting the process and seeing things through and, you know, all that stuff. Well, if, if you're going to talk to talk, you got to walk that walk. And uh, this may be a case where Matt Campbell is, you know, a guy who wants to, to finish the job, so to speak. And he knows as well as anybody, probably better than anybody, that everything really is coming together in a way that, Few coaches can really dream of, especially at a place like Iowa State, where you get this level of talent all coming back, all committed and, you know, focused on the same goal with the opportunity to actually reach that goal based on the talent you have and the landscape of the Big 12 and that opportunity in front of you to win a Big 12 championship. That certainly, I'm sure, was a big draw, a big reason for Iowa State, for Matt Campbell, I should say, to stick at Iowa State. So we hear Jamie Pollard earlier this week on the Zoom tailgate tour saying that they're going to have a full boat, it's going to be capacity, it's going to be great, and we're all looking forward to that. But with the new hills, the way everything's set up, 61,500 capacity 
But they can get more than capacity in there. Well, they don't count the hills, I don't think, right? It, how many, what's the number? I mean, what can they jam 63,000 in there? They could. Any idea at all what that real number actually is? Yeah, that, that's a really good question because I'm, I'm bad, first of all, you know, making crowd estimates and things like that. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a good sense of how many people they can actually jam into those hillsides. But it'll be a good number. I mean, you think about, you know, all the excitement surrounding this team, the fact that Nobody got to tailgate last season, and some games sure. didn't really have any fans there. Boy, the, the you know the excitement is going to be off the charts for that team, and there's going to be so many people who want to get in that stadium that it is will it is going to be absolutely packed, and it's going to be a, a terrific atmosphere. And they're going to get they're going to sell every ticket they possibly can, I'm sure, uh, for uh, for Iowa State football games. So maybe in that 63 range, that seems to me like it would be about the max. Mm-hmm. You talk about 1,500 on the hillsides if you're doing that. So, you know, it might be actually more than that, you know, come to think of it, because those hillsides can get quite a few people on them. Yep. And I don't know how much Junior Cyclone Club memberships count towards that. Then that's mm-hmm. for, I think, 14 and under. You get uh, you get to get a one game a season if you're a member of that. And so it, it, there's a lot of variables in there, but it's going to be incredible numbers and probably – you know, some record levels of, of attendance coming up this season at Jack Trice. Yeah, I don't think on uh, September 11th you'll be allowed to bring a blanket and kind of spread out. Uh, <laughs> on, I don't think that that counts as far as tickets. I think there's 61.5 and then whatever you can cram into the hillsides, and you're going to be elbow to elbow uh, anticipating. Why wouldn't you be? Uh, as For all those reasons you just mentioned, Dave, no tailgating, such a terrific tail, uh, uh, a stadium to tailgate at. And oh, the state's biggest game happens to be participating in front of your eyes. So we'll see. I might be. I might go. You know, yeah, sixty-three maybe the yeah. number, right? Seven hundred and fifty on each one of them because there's only two left. We know, but there still is two, correct? Yes, uh, that is on the uh, north the side. New configuration on the north side. Yep, and they're on the north side. Yeah, the renovation on the south side eliminated two of those right. hillsides, and they've changed the hillsides on the north side along with all the renovation going on with the sports performance center right. and the. Uh, fan the plaza that they're building on the north side there too so it, it is a little bit different but i don't know how much that's changed how many people that it can actually uh, fit into those grassy areas well it's going to be a season of anticipation like none other we're seeing point spreads come out dave sprow on from a couple of places games of the week at the south point will be released in two and a half hours and there'll be a few iowa state games on that one FanDuel put out four and a half yesterday iowa state favored by four and a half south point teased last week that they're going to be up towards a touchdown i think it'll be closer to a touchdown at kickoff uh but do you feel that uh that number is I guess uh, accurate as far as what you thought it would be when you were, you know, letting it roll around in your mind. Yeah, I, I don't give a lot of thought to, you know, try to predict spreads or things. That's really uh, out of my depth for sure. But four and a half sounds like a pretty reasonable number to me because these games are traditionally pretty close. Even though I was Iowa has won the last five, I think it is in a row. Generally, these games have been one score games, and you're talking about two teams that do bring back a lot of talent. But I, you know, with Iowa State. Uh, you probably have to give them the edge in, in that category because they have guys who've proven themselves for multiple years at, at the power conference level, whereas there might have, might be a few more question marks, I think, on the Iowa side, but we know about their propensity for developing talent and you know guys emerge every year from seemingly out of nowhere because they do such a good job with, with that coaching staff in Iowa City to, to develop talent, and it's, it's, a, it's a rivalry game. So, you know, that's always going to be a dogfight, and both teams are going to you know try to bring out their best. So... 
it's you know keeping it within one score obviously is is probably going to be the case uh, in terms of that spread. And if you can get, you know, Iowa, if that drops to like three points, maybe you want to put money on Iowa State to cover that because I think they can. If it goes up towards six or seven, maybe Iowa's the better bet because I think it's going to be closer than that. Yeah, it feels like one of those games that's going to come down to the wire. And a lot of times special teams is the difference there, as we saw. Kane Nwangu, not going to be their great kick returner. I think one two games for Iowa State last mm-hmm. year. And then the kicking game. I know they brought in the big-legged kid from Fordham. Still, that's such a huge step up. I'm going from friends and family and playing in front of dozens to... And he didn't play last year at all, right, I don't think. Playing in front of tens of thousands. That's a big step up. Kicking game and return game. Your thoughts on that for Iowa State? Yeah, those might be the biggest question marks, mm-hmm. really, when it comes yeah. right down to it. And there are some you know depth issues, maybe at linebacker and maybe in the the secondary, but I think those will probably be in pretty good shape, all things considered. But yeah, losing Nuangu, you lose an explosive guy who can, you know, change a game on a dime as we saw last season. I would say it's got some guys with some skill and some speed, but we haven't, you know, seen them do it the way Nuangu did last year. So that's going to be a big question mark. And then you got a kickoff. Uh, can they, you know, put the ball in a place where they can prevent big returns? Whether that means just kicking it into the end zone and forcing a touchback or maybe kicking it short and trying to hem the opposing team inside the 25 uh, uh, as a trade-off for that risk of a big return or, or something along those lines, how those teams, uh, those specific parts of, of special teams execute really could make a huge difference in, in the season, and we've already seen that be the case at Iowa State. Of course, the team to beat is Oklahoma. They're, they're, they're going to be the favorite to win the, the conference. What did we see the point spread? Oklahoma 8, Trent? Is yes. that what we saw yesterday? Yep. Um, but my question, Dave, not point spread related, Spencer Rattler, their quarterback, and he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but this is a kid that, you know, you're starting to see really, um, next year's draft. He, he is a huge focus, and, and he's not Trevor Lawrence, uh, levels, but he's apparently the first quarterback that's going to be drafted next year. He's a top one, two, or three pick overall next year. When you saw Spencer Rattler play last year, uh, granted his first year, um, do you think he's, I mean, where, where are you, I guess, on Spencer Rattler? I think he's probably going to end up being statistically the best quarterback of the Big 12 at the end of next year. And that's no disrespect to Brock Purdy because he's going to probably have a great season for Iowa State once again. But given, you know, what Oklahoma does on offense, the way they just push all the time, you know, they're trying to be as productive as possible. And Iowa State sometimes will play a little more ball control and try to take some more time off the clock, which will limit possessions in a certain way. But also, you know, given Rattler's physical abilities, I mean, he is a prototypical from the size, strength, mm-hmm. arm strength, everything you want a quarterback, is a very high-level NFL prospect. And he's a guy who was a very different quarterback. When you saw him against Iowa State in the regular That's season versus point. at the end of the season, that Big 12 championship game, yep. he grew and matured a lot, mm-hmm. not just in his skills as a player, but – you know, he got that big wake-up call when he got benched in that game against Texas from the instant he yep. came back in that game and led Oklahoma to the multi-overtime victory there. And for the rest of the season, he was far and away the mm-hmm. best quarterback in the Big 12 from that point on. And so I'd expect him to take another leap up, you know, getting another year in that system with Lincoln Riley, that offseason of evaluating and improving and working like that. I think he is going to have a big-time season. I think Oklahoma, you know, we're going to have great talent, as they always do. They're bringing in some big-time transfers, uh, particularly from Tennessee. they got three guys yeah. coming over from Tennessee right. to join that team this year. So, obviously, I think it's, it's a one-two race, Oklahoma and, and Iowa State. 
in the Big 12. I think those are the two favorites there, and I'd give Oklahoma maybe a slight edge to win it, but it's going to come down to that matchup and you know maybe another meeting in the Big 12 championship game where it's going to come down to the wire again. I'd like to see Spencer Rattler, Brock Purdy, and company go at it twice this year. That would that, that works for me. I'm assuming most of Cyclone Nation feels the same way. Dave Sproul, great stuff. Dave Sproul, appreciate you coming on. As always, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Thanks, Dave. My pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KSI, 1430 on the AM dial. Seeing our friends at DraftKings and Bet River have a few more games out. Point spreads. Just as of this morning? As of this morning. Their number is four and a half. Iowa State favored by so four and a half. Fan duel and the, they mirror each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, alternate spread available at Bat Rivers with five with the just, uh, juice adjusted a little bit. But plenty of other games. Uh, that Iowa State-Oklahoma game you mentioned. Mm-hmm. They have it at eight and a half. Sooners favored by mm-hmm. eight and a half down in Norman. Week one, Iowa-Indiana. Ken Miller, take a stab. In Kinnick. Right. Um, it's, um, it's Iowa three, Iowa by five and a half tick higher on that one. Let's go a little later in the season. Few more Iowa games, Iowa, Penn state. Well, what did FanDuel have? They had the Hawks favored by three. I'm sure they're right around there. Three and a half. Yep. Very close on that one. Iowa, Purdue. This is in Kinnick. Yep. October 16th. And I was a touchdown favorite. They're a two-touchdown favorite. Four, Jeez. 14 and a half. Remember that line when it came out last year? And I said right away, jump on the Boilermakers. That sure seems like one you probably will I, be spending um, the next break doing. Oh, you got to answer the phones. I do. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I got that. It, I don't think it's going to move before right, noon. Right. I'm going to be jumping on that one. And this is at Bet Rivers or this is at DraftKings? Both. They're available both at both places, as you can find these numbers. Uh, there was another Iowa one that I saw as I continue to scroll No Iowa State? Through. That was the only Iowa State That was one? the only Iowa State. Iowa at Northwestern. Northwestern lost to basically everything. Yeah. Well, the Hawks are favored, but it's not much. It's three and a half. It's ten and a half. Jeez. Give me the Wildcats and the points there. How about Burt Bielema coming to town? So what am I missing on this Iowa team? I think it's everything be okay, except for quarterback. Right? Everything except for quarterback, they're good. And their defensive line. The defensive line's fine. They're and always depth fine. wise, though. They played a bunch of dudes. They yeah. got guys. You believe in YA Black? I want to. Yeah. They're going to be fine there. They're always fine up front. I don't have as good a feeling about the Hawks this year as I have in previous years. I'm not saying they're I, I I'm not saying they're 6 and 6 by any means, but I'm not as high on the Hawks. Maybe it's all Petrus. That's all it is for me because I think this team is excellent. Well, they can run the, they can run the football, they can block. Mm-hmm. I don't like the defensive front as much as you the back seven stout. Um, kicking game, we know we we know what Taylor can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shudak stuck around for another year for a six year just to finally get his shot. So, is there an alternate line on the Cyhawk game right now? Not yet. Not no. yet. I think Iowa State can beat them, Trent, and I think they can beat them by more than a touchdown. If, if they can, if they get if the, if, if one of the companies comes out, and I'm not going to play because I will never bet Iowa or Iowa State, never. But boy, that's tempting, right? I think this is this is the clones' year. If it's ever going to, I know Campbell has beat him. I get mm-hmm. it. Has never beat him. Um, where's the huge Iowa State advantage though? Outside of quarterback, because I agree. I mean, Petrus. Well, that, huge that, advantage. Brees Hall is a better running back by an inch. Mm-hmm. I like tight end. 
And I like Laporta, but Charlie Kohler, Jay Allen, better. I don't think it's as big of a gap as you think, though. Mm, we'll disagree there. Um, defensive front, I like Iowa State's defensive line better. The back seven, I mean, Iowa State's linebackers, maybe by an inch, but the secondary, we don't know. Kicking game, it's Iowa State we're talking about. I'm not laying 10 points. <laughs> you got back the other way. Bielema. Coming to Kinnick. Uh, Bielema coming to Kinnick. And Bielema's coming to Kinnick. He's getting a boatload of points. Yes, he is. Uh, he's getting, if, if they if they love the Hawks the way that you're, so far it's gone, 10 and a half, 12? 21 and a half. That's crazy. I am betting a lot of Iowa opponents in this. As you should be. Purdue, give it to me. Northwestern, give me those points. Illinois, give me those points. Mm-hmm. That's a ton of points. I was not that they're good, but they're not three touchdown good. This is the exact same thing we did yesterday with all the points I'm getting in the Oklahoma State game and the Texas game for against yeah, Iowa State. Nine. I'm fading our state. I mean, throw out some UNI lines. I'll start fading them, too, if you want. Uh, let's get our friends from Claxons an opportunity, well, our listeners an opportunity to win some Claxons barbecue. First four callers right now, 284-5966. 284-5966. We will tell you, you can't have played in the last month. Regardless if you've won, just if you've played. If you've played, you're out. 284-5966. That is the number. We will take four of you right now, give you an opportunity to win Claxons barbecue. Two eight four five nine six six is the number that's coming up next on fourteen sixty KXNO and one oh six. Drinks exclude freeze. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. This is for all players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on that game. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. And as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KXNO when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's code KXNO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends May 23rd. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Northbrook, Illinois. And Andy in an hour and ten minutes. Fanatics at three. Uh, time to give four of our listeners an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons. Ronnie, Dave, Joe, and Johnny in that order will be up. Whoever gets the most right of these four questions in the tiebreaker will win a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up gets 25 Claxons in Altoona, serving barbecue in Altoona for over 25 years. Yes, folks, a restaurant that makes it 25 years. They are doing something right, and if you win, you can find out firsthand if you already haven't been there. Uh, Claxons Barbecue, ClaxonBBQ.com. Ronnie is up first. Ronnie, welcome to the program. Ronnie, how are you? Doing pretty good. Good. Good to hear. Albert Pujols this weekend, over or under two and a half hits against the Giants? Under. 
Chicago White Sox are in New York taking on the Yankees in a three-game series. Who wins that series? White Sox. Vegas on the road tomorrow night up in St. Paul to take on the Minnesota Wild. Oh, sounds like a must-win game for the Wild. Golden Knights, Wild. Who wins game four? Knights. Vegas for you. Uh, Golden State tonight is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Memphis in the play-in game. Golden State. Here's the tiebreaker, Ronnie. On Sunday, the Utah Jazz play. George Niang, minutes, closest without going over. How many minutes for Niang on Sunday? Uh, Twelve. Twelve it is, Ronnie. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dave is next. Hi, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Pujols, over under two and a half hits this weekend versus the Giants. Over. White Sox-Yankees. Yankees. Vegas or the Wild tomorrow night in Game 4? The Wild. Golden State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight over Memphis? Warriors. George Niang minutes Sunday versus whoever wins tonight game, closest without going over? Uh, 13. 13. Dave, thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Appreciate it. Uh, Joe is next with Miller and Condon. Hi, Joe. Howdy. Uh, pool host, over-under, two-and-a-half hits versus the Giants this weekend. Under. White Sox-Yankees, who wins the series? Yanks. Vegas versus Minnesota tomorrow, game four. Wild. Wild. Uh, wild for you. Golden State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight over Memphis. Yep, Golden State. Golden State. And George Niang, total minutes on Sunday. Closest without going over. 14. 14. Joe, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, Johnny brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hello, Johnny. Hello. Uh, Albert Pujols, over under two and a half this weekend against the Giants. Over. White Sox-Yankees, who wins the series? Sox. Vegas Wild, tomorrow, game four, who wins? Vegas. Golden State is a four and a half point favorite tonight over Memphis? The Warriors. Okie dokie, George Yang, total minutes closest without going over. I'm going to say, I'll say 14. 14. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Have a good weekend. Thank you to Claxons. 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Pool holes, two and a half, over, under. Under. White Sox or Yanks? Sox. I'm with you. Wild tomorrow? Do they? They no, have to win, don't they? You don't think to. they? No, it's over. Boy, oh boy. We had Sunday. We had game one. And you had the first period yesterday uh-huh. and then first few minutes of the second period. I'm going to take the Wild to even it up at two apiece. Maybe that's my heart. I, I love Memphis tonight, though. Do you? I I got him at five. It's four and a half now. Yeah. I've, I get it. That where Steph is so awesome. Yeah. But the rest of his team is yeah. just terrible around him. So you're taking the five? I'm you grabbing got the, the five. five. I got right. the five. You've been grabbing a lot of points here the last little I while. I have, yeah. Hockey tonight is, uh, well, the streak came to an end. Still 7-1. Right. So you do have a play. Um. Well, take the Oilers. Take the free square. They'll beat the Jets. <laughs> I already am involved with them now in the series, so I don't think I need to jump in on that one. All right. Am I crazy? No, no St. Louis is not beating Colorado. No, I okay. do not think that. Okay, no, I, I'm, I'm not going that direction. Uh, Nashville? Did you see what Colorado is tonight? On the road. Over a, a huge. Against Still uh, minus 220. Are they really? That's nuts. Uh, in a playoff They're so good, Trent. They are so good. I don't want to say they're unbeatable, but boy. I kind of like Nashville tonight. Do you? 
They could have won the other day. Probably should have won the other day against Carolina. That's my pick. Nashville. Nashville Plus tonight? 125. Okay. What's the other? Uh, how big of a favorite is Boston tonight? Minus 160. A little heftier than uh-huh. I imagined, too. That was that's a series too. Easily could be two series. one the other way. Could be three zip. Absolutely. Could be three zip. I might. Da- I'm I'm going to play the Caps tonight too. Taking the Caps. Yep. Put them together. Ooh, Caps that's... Nashville parlay. That's a throw big in price. the Oilers. All right. And then take Colorado. Why not? There's a four teamer. Four teamer. We got to everybody that's figured out. Easy. Four teamers. You going to be playing that have... on Bet Rivers with the Jets, the Oilers. Can't do that. I don't know what this contest starts for us. You guys are in full swing. Start it tonight. Make it make it happen tonight. Do it on your own. <laughs> I think I'm on my own. I don't know who else is participating with me. Anyways, we're out of time. Uh, in an hour and five minutes, Murph and Andy, then the Fanatics at three. Tomorrow morning is the Saturday morning pregame. I have no idea if they're going to be here or not. I know mean, they'll be on the air, just to know who the hosts will be. Uh, have a great weekend. We're Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and Owen 106.3.